0: What is going on, everyone? I hope you're all doing awesome. Um, this is Brian from Mert16 and you're listening to the Krypton Cast on the Geeks Nation podcast. A Geeks um What is going on, everyone? I hope everyone every, each and every one of you are doing awesome. I know I am. I'm really excited about my birthday coming up. I mean, I th- we're thinking about going to an Indian restaurant and just enjoying some awesome Indian food. And if you know from like the first, from the flashcast, the very first flashcast episode of me and Jay just talking about the Flash, I mean, I mentioned that I enjoy curry. I mean, I love me some curry. I mean, it's an Earth sixteen delicacy, and I'm pretty sure. In, you have curry on your multiple earths, wherever earths you live in. I mean, just try this stuff. It is really awesome. I mean, and here's a little known fact or a fact that you probably didn't know. Um, curry has some real, like a lot of good health um, properties. I mean, it has a herb called turmeric and turmeric is basically used for an anti-inflammatory. And it's also, studies have shown that it actually kills cancer. So, I mean... It's a real amazing food. I mean, it is delicious and it is very healthy. I recommend you all just have some curry. My treat. So we're going to get into the episode Mercy. And I would say that this episode probably should have been called For the Woman Who Has Everything. And it's a Light to Zod-centric episode. Um, and it's also an episode where secondists is still reeling from the kidnapping of Jorilla from Brainiac. And we also discovered that um, azad actually is somehow still alive. I mean, she didn't really die. So we're gonna go more into that into some details. So we're going to go into the whole mercy. And in this, ep- in this episode, we discover that azad's alive, um, but she's under the influence of a plant known as Black Mercy. Now just what is Black Mercy anyway? Well, Black Mercy is an organic plant that creates an illusion of one's dreams or desires. It's almost like a too-good-to-be-true narcotic. And it actually debuted in the comics in Superman Annual Number 11, called For the Man Who Has Everything. And it attached itself to Superman, Kal-El, giving him an illusion of the perfect life. Now, this episode, or actually, this comic was actually referenced in one of the Justice League epi- Justice League episodes, uh, Justice League Unlimited episode, where super. It's called the Man Who Has Everything, and Superman just dreams of having a family. I mean, Krypton hasn't been destroyed. I mean, Jor El is alive and well. I mean, and he's you know Superman's happily married, but then he notices that something's not quite right, and Superman and or rather batman and wonder woman actually come to the fortress of solitude to see that superman is just under the influence of black mercy and they and throughout the whole episode they try to pry it off of him and you know for a while it they are able to do that though but then it attaches to batman and Batman starts seeing um, illusions of the life that he want, that he would have wanted. You know, I mean, the perfect life where Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne were not were never shot by Joe Chill, and you know, Thomas Wayne actually fought back. And but then he, it was pulled off of him when he started to see, you know, from Wonder Woman when he actually started to see the fact that the real reality set in that Thomas Wayne never fought back against Joe Chill. So we do see the same thing with Light to Zod. Now, Light Dream, while under the influence of Black Mercy, of course, no thanks to Zod. So it went from the Wrinkless Initiative to Kryptonopolis. We see her all smiles with Seg L, and they both decide to run away from Kandor and go to Kryptonopolis. So when they reach Kryptonopolis, which is a beautiful city, it is like Coruscant, maybe you know, a mixture of Coruscant and naboo from star wars or you know i mean it's just it's just beautiful you know and lighta quickly learns that seg's rank was restored and you see the house of el symbol or sigil on his chest and she's just overjoyed and he tells her that Jaina zod helped him get his rank restored and here i initially thought that seg was under the influence of black mercy because i thought maybe this was seg's dream somehow But it turned out to be Lyta Zod who was under the influence of Black Mercy. Now, could you imagine a Lyta L or perhaps a Seg Zod? Because that's what it was kind of alluding to when Seg said, like, you know, I want you to marry me. And of course, Lyta saying yes. So, why Black Mercy? So, here's where we discovered that my, uh, my theory of Lyta being cloned was correct. But not the way that I thought, because the thing was that I thought that, you know, Zod would go out of his own way just to clone Lyta, okay, to bring her back to life and then eventually ensure his existence. But it was a reversal of that. The, so the Lyta Zod that died in Wakethor was a Lyta clone. And it makes sense as to why he cloned Lyta. He wanted to have a Lyta that was, you know, that loved him, that loved him like, like a mother. And, you know, but yet the real Lighta kind of knew what was going on with General Zod. And basically he had, he pretty much, you know, there's a scene where he he and Lighta get into a fight and Lighta doesn't want to hurt him. But then she, basically he, you know, overcomes her and has her trapped under this narcotic plant. So the whole Black Mercy, the idea behind it was just that. Drew Zod plans on using Black Mercy to control Doomsday. So basically Doomsday would be high or, you know, would be high while slaughtering the resistance or on crack, you know, sort of like a snakes on a plane reference where Samuel Jackson's character, you know, discovers that the snakes, the reason why the snakes are acting crazy or attacking people is because they're on sort of like influence, like a narcotic and there's a scene where he just is on the phone with a government or a zoologist talking about why snakes the snakes are attacking and he actually responds when the, when the guy tells him about the snakes kind of being aroused like a pheromone samuel jackson just shakes his head and he just like says well that's good news snakes on crack so when the science lady is like you know the science lady that odds working with you know talks about the narcotic i kind of that scene kind of came to my head and I would have been like, you know, just imagine if, you know, the people in Wakethor found out what was going on. Like, they found out how Zod's able to control Doomsday and you could just see Val-El just, like, shaking his head. Or maybe even Adam. I mean, I could probably see Adam saying this. Well, shoot, that's good news. Doomsday on crack. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah. Basically, he's putting Doomsday on crack to, you know, have him under his control and attack the Resistance. Anyway, back, back to, you know, the episode. So under while under Black Mercy, Lyta sees her mother, Jaina, all happy and all smiles. Everyone is happy. Well, sort of. And this is around the time when her wedding with Seg starts. And, you know, we see that Dev M seemingly, you know, well, before all this, here's where it starts to get really, here's where it starts to get really rocky for um, Lyta and her fantasy world. The or- so basically someone from uh, a follower from the voice of rao comes right and they second like to give their dna to this priestess and it shows the oracle you know and she explains the um zod's birth and it shows a hologram of zod just developing and that he's going to be in the military guild he's going to start conquering several planets and light is horrified and she tells the priestess, like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, This, there must be some kind of mistake. And the priestess just tells her bluntly, well, the Oracle has spoken, there's nothing you can do about it, bye, you know? And Lyta is just going completely, she's going crazy. And she bumps into Dev M, who seems to care about her well-being, It's like, are you okay? Like, is everything all right? But then... He puts her on blast for um not loving him and saying that. What was all that talk about in the cell? Was that just to save your skin? Then Nissa even tells her off too. we, we see Nissa in the fantasy as she's saying that. You know, I should have let my dad kill you when I had the chance. And even Seg puts Light to on blast, and so does Jaina. Seg says, "You betrayed me by joining your you know by joining Zod," and Jaina says, "Well, you shot me, so there you have it." And we also see a seed where Dev, you see Dev M and his arm is blown off, kind of showing that Lysa is starting to kind of get the fact that the world she's in, the perfect, the quote unquote perfect life she's in, is not also perfect, and something's not quite right. But she knows that it's not real. So throughout all this, Lyta eventually breaks free of the plant and kills the Sagittari. And like I mentioned before, we see how Zod placed the original Lyta under the influence of the Black Mercy. And when we see Zod choking Lyta out, we hear Seg's voice, and that's pretty much how, you know, that's pretty much what we saw in the beginning of the episode when Seg is in still in the Phantom Zone and he sees the future. And he's horrified by what he sees. So, it's sort of like a flashback to that. Now, Moving on from that, we're going to delve into Seg and Nissa's grief. Now, there's a really cool reference when Seg's matching Sector Two Eight One Three, and that's the sector that Krypton is is on. Sound familiar? Well, it should be for those of you who are Green Lantern fans, because Earth, Earth is on Sector Two Eight One Four. So the Green Lanterns do exist in the Krypton universe. Now, they're you know they're grieving for um you know Second are grieving for Jor-el. JorEl's kidnapping, and you know, Lissa, Nissa Nissa mentioned something that when she saw Seg holding her son or their son JorEl, she thought it was too good to be true. And this actually kind of is sort of like a low blow to Seg, and he's saying that you know I'm not going to give up finding our son. And she says, "Well, who said anything about giving up? We're gonna we're gonna get our son back. You know, we just need to plan on how to do so." So Jaina and Dev come and they're, you know, they're, they're really sorry that what happened and, you know, Jaina especially tells Seg that she's very sorry that, you know, Jorel got kidnapped. I mean, and she gets it too because, you know, seemingly she lost Lyta, who little does she know is still alive and under the Black Mercy. So Team Seg discovers that Zod's fleet is planning on attacking Wegthor and the plan is quite simple, destroy the fleet for, at Fort Roz. So they tried being stealthy, but more Sagittari come to attack, and Seg and Nissa eventually surrender. Now, this is when they're going to Fort Ross. They tried to be stealthy, but Zod has that place, you know, tight locked, like Fort Knox. So Seg eventually surrenders, so does Nissa, while Gina and Dev escape. And there's a scene where Seg is just, you know, sort of toying with the Sagittarius, like, you know, how long is this going to take? And it kind of reminded me of... I can kind of tell that Cameron Cuff was channeling a little bit of Harrison Ford there, just being uh, sort of sarcastic, you know, sort of um, cynical in a sense. You know what I mean? Like he was—he there was a bit of Harrison Ford there, like just joking with them, and the Sagittarius not having any of it. Like, "Sec, shut up," <laughs> you know, like and. Drew Zod appears and he threatens to like mind wipe Nyssa after Seg says, like, you know what, dude, you tried mind wiping me before, man, but it, it, it didn't work. So, you know, why are you gonna try now? And, you know, Zod also wants Jaina and Dev to be captured. And you know when when I look at Seg L's, you know, get, you know, his whole attire and his jacket, I mean, that's a that's one awesome costume. I mean, I would love to like maybe cosplay as, you know. Sag l someday in a comic con i mean that jacket is just really awesome and the shoes too i mean like he's got the whole superman-esque clothing i mean just really cool it's one of the things i like to collect maybe next to the han solo jacket that i always wanted but here's 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 the thing too in this scene going back to the scene zod sort of does a bluff he half tells the truth to Sag and this about val l bombing the base station and the fact that he was under um, Jax Ur's influence, when in fact val L is not really under the influence of Jax Ur. I mean, val L is there for the good of the Resistance, whereas Jax Ur was sort of more of an extremist, you know. But he does, yeah, and that's when he kind of lies about Jax Ur corrupting val L, And Sek's not going to have any of it, and even Nyssa tells him that, you know, whatever he did, val L's still a good man. I mean, we have all done some stuff in this war we're not proud of. so. We're going over to Lita's return, and when Seg and um, Nissa are in their cell, um, while, they're, while they're in their cell,, getting, you know I mean, getting put in their cells, um, Lita actually rescues Gina and Dev when they're about to be captured themselves. And Lita explains what pretty much happened to her while she was under the influence of Black Mercy. And Dev, at first is doubtful, but then comes to trust Lyta again after she tells him the whole story. And we did see the flashback of how Lyta, you know, like again, like I mentioned, Lyta and Zod argue over Seg who resent you know, over Zed who, you know, who Zod resents. And she tells Zod that her future self actually failed in raising Zod. And she says, I'm not gonna go down that road. I wanna raise you to be a better man. So after all of that, Lyta apologizes to both her mother and Dev. And she plans on saving Seg. Now, Seg is um, determined that Zod. He's convinced that Zod is actually afraid of him, since he has him and Nissa locked up really tight. And Seg begins to question why he tries to help someone he loves, only to put them in danger. Like he's like, why do I? Why is it like when I help people that I love, they only they only end up in danger? And Nissa assures him that. It wasn't his fault that they were put in prison, and she reminds him that JorEl is still out there and that he needs them. And Seg did mention that how Nissa said earlier that seeing Seg and Jor together was too good to be true. He says that, and you know, he says that you know that's not the case. I mean, and he seems to be confessing his love for Nissa when he says that he would be with her every step of the way. Now, this is even solidified when he shields Nyssa when (laughs) he thinks that, you know, more Sagittarius are going to come or Zod's going to come to interrogate him. But it turns out that Death is actually there trying to break him out, and which he does by using his robotic arm to free them. Now, obviously, Zod is pissed that Zag and Nyssa have escaped and that his Sagittari forces have made had have been made a fool of when Nita uses a computer to divert them over to the side of the fleet. Now, Seg and Lita reunite, and everyone is happy, or are they? Nissa seems bummed out and is probably wondering if it is too good to be true because, you know, her question from earlier, because, I mean, this could play a role in the relationship between Seg and Laita. And after all, you know, they just lost jor so it's like, why would he be more... Ha- is he more happy to see Lyta than his own son? I mean, something to really think about. And, you know, Dev is also bummed out, too, because, you know, with Dev M, if you learned from the last season, he was meant to be a suitor for Lita, and Dev actually did everything under the Kryptonian sun for Lita. you know? like you know supporting her when she became the you know when she rose up in the ranks and helping her be free even and now and as of the end of this episode zod's really pissed and he's going to take all his aggressions out on the kryptonian resistance being led by Valel. l so that ends it off with this episode um and it's going to end it off for this segment for the krypton cast Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the DC Comics Nation's Geeks Podcast. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Brian's Comics underscore one. And um, we're going to review, I think we have two more episodes left in Krypton. And this is going to, you know, I mean, I think it's going to be another exciting season. I mean, Krypton actually just contacted me on Twitter too. I mean, they, they started following me recently. I don't know if I mentioned that in the last episode, though, but shout out to the people of Krypton. I mean, they said I'm I'm a loyal fan, and, you know, yeah. So, I mean, really really feel honored right now. And the fact I'm a huge Superman fan, you know I mean? I love this series. I mean, I think this one tops Smallville, in my opinion. I mean, I don't always love Smallville, though, but, I mean, Krypton is just... It's, it's just a show that really takes the cake right now. I mean, it is a really awesome show, and I... Hope they make more seasons in the future. I mean, a lot a lot is just coming from Krypton, including the new Lobo series that they're going to start making. I really hope that they do a prequel series or at least a web series on Adam Strange. I mean, be really awesome. So that's going to do it for this um, podcast. And remember, listeners, stay ever so awesome. As I always say, this is Brian, Brian from Earth 16 signing out.